Chapter Three of Merry Meg. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Sherry Morrow. Merry Meg and the Starlight Fairies. Merry Meg was asleep in her little bed, and Merry Meg's mother was asleep in her big bed. It was late at night, and everybody in the village was asleep. All the houses were dark, and the stars were shining overhead. Mary Meg woke up and listened. She thought she heard a sound as if someone were crying. She got out of her bed in her white nightgown and tiptoed over to her mother and looked at her. Her mother was fast asleep, but she still heard the sound of crying. She decided that it must be outside in the street, so she opened the front door and peeped out. In the street before the door were three beautiful children, and one of them was crying. They were all of about the same size as Mary Meg, and they were dressed in long dark blue gowns, fine as spider webs, which rippled around them in the cool air. They were barefoot and bareheaded. Each one had long black hair streaming down to her waist, and a pair of great wide wings standing out straight from her shoulders, like the wings of an enormous butterfly, all blue and silver. One of the children had her arms about the one who was crying. They all looked up at Mary Meg as she opened the door. "'You're Mary Meg, aren't you?' said the one who had her arms about the other. Mary Meg stepped out into the street under the stars. "'Yes,' she said. "'But what is she crying about? Are you lost?' "'You'd better tell her who we are, Penny,' said the one who had been crying, choking back her sobs. "'We aren't lost,' said the one who hadn't yet spoken. "'We're looking for our star.' "'We've lost it,' said the one who had been crying, breaking into sobs again." "'Don't cry, Winnie,' said the one who had her arms about her. "'She'll help us find it. I know she will.' "'Why is she crying?' said Mary Meg again. "'She's Winnie, and I'm Flory,' said the one who had just spoken. "'And this one's Penny. Do you know who we are?' "'No,' said Mary Meg. "'We're the Starlight Fairies,' said Flory. "'Now do you know?' "'No,' said Mary Meg. "'I thought everybody knew,' said Flory. "'Every evening at dark we fly along the sky up there and hang out the stars.' "'Haven't you ever seen us?' "'No,' said Mary Meg. "'I suppose they can't see us from down here, "'and we've never been away from the stars before.' "'I wish we'd never come,' said Winnie, crying again. "'I'll tell you,' said Penny. "'Tonight we were hanging out the stars, and Winnie—' "'Poor Winnie!' "'I didn't mean to,' sobbed Winnie. "'I didn't mean to!' "'What did she do?' said Mary Meg. "'She dropped one of her stars,' said Penny.' "'It's gone,' sobbed Winnie, "'and I can't go back without it.' "'It fell and fell and fell and fell,' said Flory, "'and then we couldn't see it any more. "'It dropped down here. "'Somewhere near here we're sure of it.' "'Do you see up there?' said Penny, "'up there where there's a wide dark space between the stars?' "'She pointed to the sky directly overhead. "'There was a space there about as big as a blanket without any star.' "'Yes, I see,' said Mary Meg. "'That's where the star belongs,' said Penny. "'We'll never find it,' said Winnie, putting her face down on Flory's shoulder. "'I'm sure we will,' said Flory, "'if Mary Meg will only help us. "'We don't know anything about this dreadful earth place, but she knows.' "'Will you help us?' said Penny. "'If I can,' said Mary Meg. "'Then come along,' said Penny. "'Can I put on my clothes first? said Mary Meg. "'There's no time,' said Penny. "'Suppose daylight should come before we find it. "'What would we do?' "'Let's go, then,' said Flory, and she moved away lightly down the street, drawing Winnie along by the hand, their wings waving gently in the air. "'Where shall we go?' said Penny. A thought came into Mary Meg's mind. She would take him to the gnome's house, 
and the two brothers would surely tell them how to find the star. "'I'll take you,' said she, pushing on ahead toward the woods beyond the village. She was used to going barefoot, and she didn't mind the rough ground. It was a warm night, and she soon forgot she was only in her nightgown. They went into the woods. "'It's so gloomy,' said Winnie, in a whisper. "'I don't like these strange earth places. I wish we were at home among the stars.' "'We'll be home before morning, never fear,' said Flory. They stopped beside the pool where Mary Meg had once tried to wash the black from her face. The trees were wide apart here, and Mary Meg, looking up, could see the bare spot in the sky directly overhead where the lost star belonged. "'Where are you taking us?' said Penny. "'I'm taking you to the gnome's house,' said Mary Meg. "'We'll soon be there. It's two gnomes who have been very good to me. I know where they live. They're the ones to help us.' "'Is one of them named Malkin?' said Flory. "'And the other one Nibby?' said Penny. "'Yes,' said Mary Meg. "'Then it's no use. We've been there already.' "'They were asleep,' said Flory, "'and we woke them up. "'They didn't like it one bit. "'They wouldn't get up for any foolish old star. "'That's what they said. "'But they told us about you, "'and that's how we came to hunt you up. "'But the horrid gnomes wouldn't do a thing for us. "'They wouldn't even get up.' "'They're not horrid,' said Mary Meg. Oh, dear, I don't know what we're going to do now. She looked down sadly into the dark water of the pool, trying to think what to do next. She gave a little jump of surprise and looked harder. Far, far down, away down deep under the water of the pool, she saw a star. Look, she cried and pointed her finger at it. The starlight fairies leaned over and looked down into the pool. That's it, cried Flory. It's my star, cried Winnie. "'It's our lost star,' cried Penny. "'Drop down from the sky to the bottom of this pool.' "'Then,' said Mary Meg, "'you better go down and get it.' "'Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no!' cried the three fairies together. "'We mustn't get our wings wet,' said Penny. "'We'd never be able to fly home if our wings got wet,' said Winnie. "'But you have no wings,' said Flory to Mary Meg. "'No, she has no wings,' said Penny. "'She shall go down for our star,' said Winnie. "'You will, won't you?' The water's deep and dark, said Mary Meg, but you have no wings, said Flory. The water's cold and gloomy, said Mary Meg, but you have no wings, said Penny. I wonder if I could do it, said Mary Meg. Oh, please, cried Winnie. Oh, dearest Mary Meg, please get my star. I'll see how deep it is, said Mary Meg, and she threw a stone into the middle of the pool. The water rippled away as the stone sank, and the star could not be seen any longer. Oh, cried Winnie. Now you've sent my star away, it's gone. But the water became quiet in a moment, and there was a star again shining bright at the bottom of the pool. In that instant she heard a splash in the water, and a shrill voice, like the voice of an angry boy, cried out, Who breaks my glass? Who breaks my glass? What can that be? whispered Mary Meg. I don't know, said Flory. Throw another stone, and perhaps we'll hear it again. Mary Meg tossed another stone into the pool, and when the ripples had died away, they heard the same voice again. This time it said, Who strikes my children? Who strikes my children? Throw another, whispered Penny, and Mary Meg cast in another stone. This time there was a loud wail, and the voice cried, My children, my children, I'm coming, I'm coming. And then there was a splash and nothing more. They waited a long time, but they heard nothing more. I'm going to see, said Mary Meg. I may have hurt somebody. I can see better from the end of that log. There was a dead log, the trunk of a fallen tree, lying out from the bank of the pool into the water. 
and Mary Meg stepped onto it, and getting down on her hands and knees crawled out to the end of it. It was slippery, and she had to hold on very carefully to keep from falling off into the water. She leaned over as far as she could and looked down into the pool. She looked everywhere for the star, but she couldn't see it. There seemed to be some dark thing under the water between herself and the star. "'The star is gone,' she said to the others in a whisper. As she said this, a hand came out of the water and seized her wrist and pulled her off the log. Over she went into the pool, down, down, far down. The hand never once let go of her wrist. It pulled her down and down, faster and faster. At first she thought she was going to choke with the water, but in a moment she was all right again, only wet, very wet, and in another moment she was at the bottom, and the hand let go of her wrist. She stood up on her two feet on a floor of what looked like glass. There was a pale light shining all about her through the water, and she saw that it came from the star lying on the floor nearby. Just over her head was a roof of glass, and it was badly broken in three or four places. Around her were walls of glass. She was in a little house of glass with a broken roof and full of water. A hand took hold suddenly of her arm, and she was dragged across the floor in a great hurry by the creature who had pulled her down from the log. It was a sprite, a water sprite, whose head just reached to her shoulder. Full-grown, evidently, in spite of being so small, with pointed ears and no hair on his head, and long green water grass trailing around him. He dragged Mary Meg straight to the star and picked it up by a kind of sling that it was meant to hang by. It flashed and glitters as he snatched it up. He pointed to the floor, and Mary Meg saw, lying there side by side, three tiny sprites, babies, no bigger than kittens, and exactly like the grown-up one who was holding her arm. They looked as if they were asleep, but on the forehead of each one was a black and blue bruise, and Mary Meg knew that she must have hurt them with her stones, as well as broken the glass of their little home. Their father, if it was her father, motioned for her to pick them up. She gathered them up in her arms in a sprite, carrying the star in one hand, seized her hair with the other hand, and sprang up towards the holes in the broken glass roof. In another instant she was being dragged upward through the water as fast as she had been pulled down. She almost dropped the little sprites she was holding in her arms, but she hugged them tighter, and when they came to the surface of the pool she was holding them safe in her arms. They came out dripping on the bank of the pool, and there were the three starlight fairies. "'Oh!' cried Winnie, "'She's brought my star!' The water sprite dragged Mary Meg onto the dry grass, took the three babies from her arms, and laid them down on the grass. "'Now, now, now!' he cried. It was plain he was very angry. He was trembling all over. "'What are you going to do about it? Look what you've done!' "'Why?' said Mary Meg. "'Why? First comes this horrible star and breaks in the roof of my house and lets in all the water. And then, oh, you wicked creatures, you throw down your abominable stones and break my roof all to pieces and kill my children. My poor children! Look at em, Look at em, will you? Look at those bumps on their foreheads. Oh, my poor children! You abominable creatures, you, you perfectly awful wicked abominable! Oh, said Flory, it's too bad. I'm so sorry. We didn't mean to do any harm, said Penny. And after he was so kind to bring our star back to us, too, said Winnie. Is this your star? cried out the water sprite. Yes, yes, it's mine, said Winnie. Then you'll never get it. You shan't have it, cried the water sprite, angrier than ever. You'll see what I'm going to do with it. You'll never get it again. Ah, there she goes. He swung the star by the sling in his hand and gave it a great fling and away it flew over the treetops in a beautiful bright curve, higher and higher, then lower and lower. But he was greatly mistaken if he thought he could get rid of the star in any such way as that.
Quick as a flash, all three of the starlight fairies were in the air, and off like three arrows over the treetops after the star. Before Mary Mag knew what was happening, they were out of sight, and the star was gone. The water sprite was so astonished that he forgot he was angry. "'Who are they?' he said in a kind of whisper. "'They're the starlight fairies,' said Mary Meg. "'They hang out the stars each night, and tonight they drop that star by accident, and it fell into your pool. "'If they don't get it back, they can't go home. "'But they killed my children, and—' "'At that moment the lost star appeared over the treetops, coming on towards them like a streak of white light. "'And in another moment the three starlight fairies stood on the ground, and Winnie was swinging the star in her hand.' Oh, oh, she cried and began to laugh and cry at the same time. She couldn't say another word for joy. We've got it, cried Flory. We can go home now. But what about these poor babies, said Mary Meg. Can't we do anything for them? The three fairies knelt around the three tiny bodies on the ground and looked closely at their foreheads. Why, said Penny, it's nothing but a bruise. So it is, said Winnie and Flory together. Is that all, said Mary Meg. Is that all, said the water sprite, looking very helpless and pitiful. Yeah, yeah, came a little piping cry from the grass, and the water sprite dropped to the ground beside the babies. He's crying, sang out the water sprite. His eyes are open. Another little cry and another came from the grass, and the water sprite sang out again. They're all crying. They're all coming true. They're all right. Hurrah! He picked up the three babies and bundled them in his arms, and without another word, gave a leap into the water and splash, went down and out of sight, babies and all. Flory laughed, and Winnie laughed, and Penny and Mary Meg laughed, too. "'But I'm sorry his house is ruined,' said Mary Meg. "'Oh, he'll mend it in no time,' said Flory. "'But see, Mary Meg, you're all wet.' "'Goodness,' said Mary Meg, "'I'd forgotten all about it.' "'Stand here,' said Flory, and she and the other two fairies placed Mary Meg in the middle and turned their backs to her. Their wings began to flutter gently, and then began to move faster and faster, making a strong breeze which blew all over Mary Meg. Fanned in this way by the great butterfly wings, she was soon dry. "'Good-bye, Mary Meg,' said Flory. "'Good-bye, dear Mary Meg,' said each of the others. "'Thank you for my star,' said Winnie. "'You must think of us whenever you look up at the stars.' "'Indeed I will,' said Mary Meg. The starlight fairy stood on tiptoe for a moment and fluttered the wings, and then they rose quietly in the air and flew straight up. When they were above the treetops, they began to circle round and round, going higher and higher, Far, far up through the night they went on circling, and long after Mary Meg could see them no more, she could see the star, bright as a diamond, going circling up and up. She ran away home and crept in quietly at the front door and laid down on her bed and snuggled under the covers. Her mother was still asleep. She must have gone to sleep herself presently. She woke up and thought of the lost star and remembered that she had not waited to see if it was in his place. She got out of bed and tiptoed to the window and putting her head out, looked up. A star was sparkling just overhead. Where there had been none before, the star was in its place. I'm glad of that, she said out loud. What did you say, said her mother, waking up? I was only saying, only saying, never mind what you were saying, go back to bed and go to sleep. You'll catch your death of cold. Yes, mother, said Mary Meg. End of chapter 3 Recorded by Sherry Morrow www.papertime.com